welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Lead Pastor Robert Herber. For more messages and resources, head to allpeopleschurch.org or download our free All People's app. I finally made it back home to Rome. I missed her wisdom, her charm, her power. I'd escape my last mission with my life, or so I thought. Memories, memories of a forsaken backwater I'd left behind me wouldn't go away. And when I couldn't sleep, I would wander the streets in search of peace, but it never really worked. Years passed, and one night, I found myself at the foot of a small man named Paul as he spoke to fellow Romans huddled in secret. I, I, my wife had dragged me there. I had no interest until he spoke of a criminal. I had known this man. He, he had been one of my prisoners. He had haunted my dreams. He didn't die like the others. I, I, I remember the sounds of nails crushing his bones and, and ripping his flesh. I felt the splinters in my hand from a club I'd used to drive thorns into the head of an innocent man. I saw hands thrusting a spear into Jesus. Blood and water sprinkling the soldier's face as he looked at me. He looked at me and he said, he said, surely, surely this man must be the son of... I remember an impossible heavy rock as it was ripped away from a tomb by a man made of lightning, an angel who flicked a boulder away without even a hint of sweat on his brow. I saw myself, I saw myself running to the empty words of a priest who traded truth for, for 100 pieces of silver. He said I would pay with my life if I told the governor the wild tale that I had told him, and he was right. So I, I agreed to his terms and promises of protection. Oaths were made, palms were greased, and I left the temple with no small amount of wealth and my life. I rehearsed my lines and, 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 and I, I told myself I would try to forget. But years later, I'd wake to the vision of an empty tomb. No, memory is not so easily silenced. The weight in my pockets anchored me to the floor. But back at this secret meeting, Paul's words, they, they moved me. I got up without even realizing it. I, I left my wife and my two children. But I stood, I stood with resolve. And I told him, I told Paul who I was. I plunged my hands into my pockets and, and, and I, I fell, I fell to my knees and I began dropping silver at his feet. 100 pieces of false promises of bloody bribes. I begged, please, I begged for forgiveness. I begged. I beg for my life! Paul, he, he, he lifted my head and, and, and our tear-filled eyes met. And he saw me. He saw me for what I was. But he saw me for what I could be. And he lifted me. He lifted me from the ground, a dead man breathing. And he, he whispered, 
today, my friend. Your sins are forgiven. And this freedom, this freedom is for all. I wanted to wake up to. You see, death was not new to me. I'd seen it up close. The lifeless, burning eyes of a thousand lust-drunk men ripping away my innocence, turning to filth. The goodness of a young girl who could have been more. I sensed dark voices everywhere, seething spirits seeking to steal, kill, destroy every last part of me. I longed for death, yearned to surrender to the voice's dark call. But they met their match in him, my rescuer. Jesus, he found me out of my mind, bathed in the dirt of a back alley, all but destroyed by the rage of an unsatisfied customer. He knelt down, touched my cheek, and commanded the voices to leave. In one instant, the darkened portrait of my life was restored by the hand of a master painter. In that moment, he redeemed the years of selling and buying the lie that I had no worth outside purchased pleasure. Walking with him, I found purpose. He taught me to love those in need more than I loved myself. He took away my shame and gave me worth. And then the heaven I came to know was destroyed. He was gone, laid in a tomb. He'd been broken by a Roman cross, loving us all to his very last breath. That Sunday was not the morning I wanted to wake up to. I went to the tomb with perfumes and spices I needed to give him a proper burial. As I approached, I noticed something was wrong. The tomb was open. I remember crying, no, 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 please be here, please. I ran to fetch his disciples, begged them for help. They returned with me, saw his burial clothes, and then they left. But I couldn't go. I turned the tomb and looked in, I saw two men sitting on his burial bed. They asked me why I was crying and I said that they'd taken my Lord away and I didn't know where they'd put him. I heard another man behind me. He asked me who I was looking for. 
thinking he was just the gardener, I asked him to please tell me where he'd put Jesus. He called me by my name. I knew that voice. I knew that voice, Rabbi. I fell at his feet and clung to the one who had banished my darkness. I bathed his feet in tears of joy. And he laughed. Oh, that laugh. Rich, powerful, alive. He knelt and said, I'm not done here, not yet. And I had to go and tell the others. He smiled. And in his eyes, I saw all things made new. I saw the world reborn. He'd done what he said he'd do. Defeated death and restored life. And now, it's ours for the asking. And you? Peter. What's that? Old Nero's asked me to be tomorrow's entertainment, eh? <laughs> you tell him I'm happy to oblige. Hmm? Well, looks like my last night with you fine people. One day here, the next day crucified. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you cringe on my part. You do that, the devil will think he's won. <laughs> he always thinks that. <laughs> ah, you know, truth be told, I thought he had two a while back. What's that? What's my uh, so, so, st story? What, what's my story? Ah, story. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't hear too good out of that ear. It's uh, probably some poetic justice in that. What would me lopping the ear off of that? Uh... <laughs> Never mind. Well, my story has a smelly start. No, not like that. Fish, my friend. I reeked of fish. Was a fisherman from boyhood, me and my brother. Broke most of the time. Angry, almost always. Not much of a future. And then one day, this uh, interesting-looking fellow comes up to my boat and asks me if I want to fish for men. Didn't know quite what to make of that, but uh, something in the way he said it made it sound right and good, like something big was about to happen, huh? <laughs> Didn't know how right I was. Next thing you know, he's doing magic tricks at wedding parties and... What? No, 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 not like guess how many fingers I've got behind my back, magic tricks. More like watch me change 40-gallon jars of water into wine tricks, huh? <laughs> and it only got wilder from there. I, I remember this one time I was up on the bow of our boat and I see something off the port side and, and lo and behold, 
He's out there traipsing around on the water. Well, that was sort of weird. <laughs> but you know, I said, hey, why not? So I step out there with him. I'm right there with him for a few steps. And I'm looking around and I think, this is stupid. Well, down I go like a sack of bricks. And as I'm just about under, he reaches down and grabs my arm and pulls me back up. Well, he questioned my faith a little, but you know he did it with a lot of love. He was good that way. Yeah, needless to say, we, we all thought he was the Messiah, the Savior. And he all but confirmed it when he emptied a tomb by raising his friend from the dead. <laughs> we did have some adventures together. But then he started talking funny. Where I'm going, you can't go. And I'm going to be captured and killed by the sons of men. And on three days, I will rise. Uh-huh. All sounded a wee bit to me. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. But then one day as we're heading into Jerusalem, he makes it plain as day. Says he's going to be crucified. And he's going to live again. Now I'm completely lost and kind of irritated. I pull him aside and say, hey, that's not going to happen. Well, that didn't win me any points, I'll tell you. He whirls on me and says, get behind me, Satan. Well, as if being called the devil wasn't bad enough, I go to him and I say, hey, I will go with you to death. And he says, no, I'm going to deny him three times as he's being led to the slaughter. And you know what? I did. Once, twice, three times, just like he said. And he took the whip while I warmed myself by the fire. And then he dragged himself up that hill. They nailed him to a tree and put him in a tomb, just like he said. And I watched it all happen from a safe distance, a coward's distance. All those dreams we had, a new kingdom, a new king, gone. Maybe the devil had one after all. One day passed, two. And on the third day, Mary Magdalene burst through our door, screaming something about the tomb being empty. Well, I got there as fast as I could, but I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, had somebody stolen his body, or, or had he made good on his promise? Was he alive? And if he wasn't, I didn't know if I could face him. I turned my back on him. Three times. I left there confused, lost. And a few days later, I'd gone back to the only thing I'd known before him. And I'm out there on the sea and licking my wounds. And this lad from shore yells at me, tells me where to put my net. Now, what would this landlubber know about how to fish, huh? Yeah, but he seemed familiar enough. So I did it. And the catch the catch. It nearly broke my nets. And, and I look back at this stranger and, and I got it. It was him. 
He was alive! <laughs> Just like he said! Take that, devil! <laughs> and then he makes me breakfast. Kippers, of all things. And because he's Jesus, he gives me three chances to let him know that I do truly love him. Because he knew that I knew that he knew I needed to make it right. <laughs> yeah, he was good that way. Even after he went home, he was still here, filling us with power and giving me the ability to do things that no stinky fisherman had any right to be doing. Yeah, yeah. We had some adventures together. Now it looks like we get to have one more. I get to die. Just like he did. No, 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 no. Don't you fret on my part. He told me this is how I go out. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb that tree. And when I'm just about gone, I'm going to lift up my head, take a big breath, and laugh good and loud. And the devil, that filthy boil on the backside of humanity, won't know what hit him. <laughs> From a ways off, I'll see my wife, my friends, my brothers in arms. They'll all be gathered on the shore, and I'll hug each one, share a memory or, or two. And then the crowd will part. And there he'll be, right by the fire, fixing up a morning feast. And he'll turn to me, and he'll say, Well done. Well done, my friend. And all oh, the adventures we will have together. How about you, hmm? You care to join in an adventure. All you have to do is believe. And if you do, he'll show you things the likes of which you can't begin to imagine. And when your time comes, as it surely will, you'll go to your end with bravery your banner, and joy your song. And he'll be there waiting for you, right there on the beach, <laughs> kippers in hand, and eternity in his smile. Because he is good that way. All right, boys, is it time yet? Yeah, I don't want to be late. I'm meeting a friend for breakfast.
Wow. Seen that four times and it gets me every time. No, these are three different responses to the empty tomb. And these aren't three fictitious characters. These are real people. I don't know if that's exactly what they would have said. I don't know if Peter was that funny. But, you know, the question is, how will we respond to the empty tomb? That's what I want to talk about this morning. My name is Robert. If I haven't got to meet you, I've had the joy of being lead pastor here. We hopefully hope you felt warmly welcomed today. And would you just pray with me as we open God's word? Father, we thank you so much for the Bible we thank you that it's true, and we pray that we would have soft hearts as we open up this love letter to us, and that every person would know your great plan for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about the empty tomb today, and you know, I don't know if I've ever heard a, a whole sermon on an empty tomb. We, we don't talk about it that much. You don't have an empty tomb on top of a church, on a steeple. We don't wear empty tombs on our necklace or our earrings, and never seen an empty tomb tattoo, even in the land of tattoos here in San Diego. We don't hear about empty tombs much, but that's where they placed Jesus when he died. He was laid in a tomb, and you know, the, the fact that Jesus died for the people he loved isn't unique and a unique story because there's so many different stories of people dying for the ones that they love. You know, uh, I think about in college, I heard the, the, saw the movie Braveheart with William Wallace, right, dying for the Scotsman and yelling, freedom! And then everyone thought they should start yelling freedom and became really old, right? And uh, I, rem I remember in high school being riveted by the story of Martin Luther King Jr. and how he was willing to give his life for civil rights and for many to live a, a blessed life in our nation. I remember back in my childhood days, this was a little more embarrassing, growing up in Texas, my hero was Davy Crockett. Uh, wore a raccoon skin cap. I actually had one. I'd never take it off. I ran around with a musket, and uh, I was pretty embarrassing. He died in the Alamo. You know, many people have died for the people they love, but here's what makes Jesus different. Jesus died on a cross. And when he died on the cross, it wasn't just for a cause or a good idea. Jesus actually took our sins in his body. You see, no one else had ever done that. The Bible tells us that we have a problem, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I could go person after person, chair after chair in this room, and there's no one in this auditorium that could say they're without sin. We've all cheated, stolen, lied, lusted. We, we've, we've sinned, and the Bible says when we sin, we actually sin against God. And that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. That God is perfect. God has never sinned. And then the Bible goes on to say more bad news, that the wages of sin is death. That we all deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. That's awful. But here's the great news. God is a loving Father. And he loves you way too much to keep you in that helpless state. And that's why he sent Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He demonstrated God's love perfectly. But then he didn't stop there. He stretched out his arms 
on a cross and died a gruesome death, taking every one of our sins, every person in this room. He took your sins in his body on the cross, and the Bible says that the wrath of God was on him and crushed him, and he died. Jesus died. You know, I've never met someone that didn't believe that Jesus died. But the next thing he did is so remarkable because he didn't stay dead. They placed him in a tomb. And on the third day, on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death forever. And so although there's many heroes that have died for people, there's no one that can boast the claim that they rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death forever. That's what Jesus said he would do. You know, I want to tell you three quick facts that the tomb proves today. Three things that the empty tomb proves. And the first one is this, that Jesus is who he says he is. Uh, A handful of days ago, I was flying back from my aunt's funeral. She passed away, and I, I went to perform her funeral service. And I'm sitting next to this kind young man on the plane. He was a a Stanford grad and a Princeton grad, both in one person, amazing, and so smart guy. And uh, we start talking about what he did, and he, he owns a biotech company, and then he turned and asked me what I did, and I, I went, <laughs> I, uh, I get to tell people about Jesus and see their lives change and see people come out of all kinds of challenges and see them transformed by God's love. He was fascinated. He just kept asking me question after question. I finally said, well, have you ever read the Bible before? He said, yeah, I took a class in Princeton reading the Bible. So I grew up in a, in a non-religious family, but I wanted to know the story. So I asked him this question. I said, what did you think about Jesus? It was crazy. He gets the sparkle in his eyes. He goes, Jesus is amazing. He goes, Jesus was a, he was a revolutionary. Can I say that? I said, yeah, you could totally say that. It's, it's right. He was. He goes, you know, he, he talked about loving your enemies. He talked about, about caring for the poor and giving your, 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 your wealth away. He, he, he gave dignity to, to people who didn't have it. I said, here, let me tell you the most amazing thing Jesus died, did. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. And he rose from the dead to give you new life. I asked him this question. I said, you know, if God is a loving God and he has a plan for you, would you want to know him? He goes, oh yeah, I'd love to know him. I said, well, you know him through Jesus. What would keep you from accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now? His face dropped. He goes, yeah, I guess it's just that kind of fantastical part of the story, the supernatural stuff. I just have a hard time believing said, have you ever heard of a guy named C.S. Lewis, the scholar from Oxford? He goes, of course. I said, you know, he, he said we all have to decide what Jesus really is because he's one of three things. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's the Lord. I said, because you can't just respect Jesus as some good, kind philosopher. Because this is what Jesus said. Listen to this in Luke 18. It says, Jesus took the 12 aside, his disciples. He goes, we're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that's written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. 
He will be delivered over the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. You know, someone could have known all the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus and, and tried to act in such a way to situate themselves so people would think, oh, he's the chosen one. And then someone maybe could have tried to orchestrate their death in such a way that they'd look like the Messiah. But listen, no one can orchestrate them themselves being raised from the dead. And when he did that, he displayed that Jesus is Lord. You have to decide. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he actually is who he says he is. He's the Lord who was raised from the dead. What will you do with Jesus? You know, that brings me to my, my second point today. The empty tomb proves that Jesus gives new life. I, I love that about Mary. You know, you saw this woman, and I think so many of us can relate to Mary because she didn't do everything that she wanted, and she had done a lot of things that she wasn't proud of. And I don't know why. We don't know what Mary's background is, what kind of family she came from. We don't know if something was done against her and sent her in this downward spiral. But what we do know is that she was very ashamed, and she was afflicted by the enemy. And in the midst of that, that Jesus met her right where she was, and he changed her life around. He forgave her, and she understood she was forgiven. He delivered her from her torment, and she understood that now she was free in him. And I think that's why she was the first person at the tomb, because he who's forgiven much loves much. And so she ran to the tomb early that morning. Listen to what it says about her. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I'll go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You know, the second she heard him call by name, she responded. I just want to tell you today, Jesus is calling your name. He's calling you by name. You might have felt overlooked your whole life. You might feel like you're unworthy of God's love, but he is calling your name. He knows your name, and he wants you near. And no matter what you've done, there is no one who's fallen too far for the strong arm of Jesus to come and rescue you. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. I love it. God takes Mary out of the ashes. He takes her out of a, a life of ill repute, of disgrace, of shame, of torment, and then tells her, now you go and tell everyone about me. He takes her and says, you go, because I am with you. You know that he wants to be with you today. what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. 
The old is gone, the new is here. The empty tomb proves that Jesus gives new life. I want to tell you, this is not a religion. This is about a relationship. It's not about you coming to church and trying to do some good rules. It's about you letting God into your heart and he makes you new. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you when you put your faith in Jesus like Mary did. She didn't do enough good works to, to, to merit that. She just put her faith in him. That brings me to my last point. Man, I love that monologue of, of Peter. And, and how could he stare in the face of his impending death he was going to be crucified, the most horrific, painful type of death. And, and how could he laugh? And how could he bravely look at that? Here's how. Because he knew that death was not the end. You know, that's the last thing I want to talk about is the empty tomb proves that death is not the end for those who believe. Okay, listen to this. This is crazy. This is Matthew 27. It says this. The earth, this is after Jesus was crucified. It says the earth shook and the rocks split and the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. Michael Jackson thriller, eat your heart out. <laughs> like this is real. Like the tombs were, we, you know, we, we think about one tomb opening. no. Countless tombs opened across Jerusalem and people started being raised from the dead, those who believed in God. And why did this happen? Because God was giving this foreshadowing of what Jesus had said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And though you die, you will live. So back to my, my aunt and her funeral. So I got the call handful of days ago. I mean, you never want to get that call first thing in the morning. My phone rings. I answer. It's my mom. She's crying. My sister's died. Your aunt's died. I got up. I, I go to my desk, and I, I just cried, you know. I grew up her living next to our house and spending countless time with her. I'm just, you know, I'm crying. And then something just switched in me. And I got so happy. And my sad tears turned to great tears. And I went out and I sat down at our dining room table where we have our little breakfast and our devotional. And I said, kids, this morning I just got a call that, that Aunt Susie died. And I said, yeah, I've been, I've been crying at my desk. But I want to tell you, I'm so happy. Because your aunt, she's been a diabetic her whole life, a fragile diabetic, and she was on a walker, and she was always going in and out of the hospitals, and she just suffered, and in the midst of that suffering life, her husband left her, and she got a, a divorce, and she just went through so much pain, and she was always having to give herself shots and needles pricking her all the time, and, and she just lived in, in, in such hard conditions, and I said, guys, she's not there anymore. She's in heaven dancing. I said, kids, can't you see her? Can't you see her dancing in heaven? Said she's not standing on that walker anymore. She's not having to go and give herself insulin shots. She is singing and she is looking at Jesus face to face. Can I just tell you that for those that believe in Jesus, death is not the end. It's the beginning 
of an eternity in a better place that heaven says there's no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, no more mourning. See, that's what Peter knew. Peter was there the night that Jesus gathered and they knew his death was coming. But he said this, John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Can I just tell you, believing in God is not enough. It's believing in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Believe also in me. In my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. When Jesus raised from the dead, he went to heaven to prepare a place for each one of us. And the question is, will you accept it? And will you spend eternity with him? The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It goes on to say this, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. Can I just tell you this? No matter what you've done, no matter how horrible the sin, and there's people in here that I know you're just sitting with a weight of conviction on you, you will never be able to work yourself out of that. You'll never be able to have your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. The Bible says it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. Can I just tell you, if you'll put your faith in your heart today in Jesus, that you'll be justified? That means you will be just. You will be right before God. And then it says with your mouth you confess and you are saved. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. But it's that easy. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. No one has to leave this place wondering what's going to happen to me when I die. And no one has to leave this place living in their old life. You can have a new life in him. That is the message of Easter. And that is what God is wanting to do in each one of our lives. Would you close your eyes right now with me? Just close your eyes. This is the moment of decision. This is the minute when, when we take and say, I've seen this, I, I've heard this, but now I make the decision. And here's my, my question for you today is, are you 100% sure that when you die, you're going to heaven to spend eternity with Jesus in that better place? Let me ask you, are you 100% sure that he's given you a new life? If you haven't, I want to pray with you right now. I want you to receive that free gift and become our, my brother, my sister. Let me ask you this. Maybe, maybe you say, I, I've walked far away from it. I know I'm not in the right place with God. I want to invite you to pray with me and to come back to him right now. If that's you right now in this moment, I, I just want to pray for you, and I, I want you to do this. I, I want you, if that's you, you say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive that free gift, or I need to come back to him. I just want you to do this. Just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you so much. Who else? Just all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Just keep your hand up for me, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you just stand up right now? I'm going to pray with you. Just stand up. Thank you so much. Just Go ahead and stand. Just go ahead and stand. 
All you that are raising their hand, go ahead and stand. Thank you so much. Who else? Just stand up. There's some more people that raise their hand. Go ahead and stand. Who else was that? I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to point you out. Everyone has their eyes closed. Who else is that? There were some more people that raised their hands. The Bible says this. If you'll stand before men, he'll recognize you before his father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Thank you, sir. Who else needs to stand today? I'm just going to take a minute more. If you just feel that in your heart, you know, you know, I think, I think I'm supposed to stand. You just stand right now, and we're going to pray together. I'm just going to give you a, one more minute. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Thank you, sir. Who else is that? Who else is that? Thank you, sir. Right there. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer. Thank you, sir, and thank you, ma'am, back there. Lord, we thank you. Now, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I just want my prayer team, if you just go and stand by them right now, just put your hand on their shoulder, just stand by them as they're coming. I just need the different life group leaders to, to go stand by them and hand them something. I'm going to lead them a prayer, so just be still right beside them, but if you just stand by them real quick. I want you that are all standing, all of you that are standing across this room, if anyone else needs to, you go ahead and do it. It's still not too late. We're going to say a prayer, and I want you to say this out loud with your mouth. I want you to say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving me new life. I want to follow you forever. Amen. I'm going to pray for you, church. Let's first thank God for what he's doing today, though. We thank you, God. Father, I pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters. I pray that they would know their name is written in your book of life, that they'll never be apart from you again, and that they would know that you're celebrating them. Let's all come to our feet now, church. It's a day.